Andrew Hunt, do you think the NBA has considered how to ship items to and from the bubble, the so-called bubble? If so, I'm sure the players will need a major shipment of masks, hand sanitizer, etc. And if you're a business that's selling product online, that means you have a thing. You got to pack that thing and ship that thing, and you got to do it fast. And you need to get it from you to your customers quickly and safely. And Shippo takes care of it all. Shippo is the only shipping software for growing businesses that you can start today, set it up in minutes, and then ship today because they ship hundreds of millions of packages. Shippo's volume discounts save you up to 90% off carrier rates. Simply connect your online store to Shippo. No coding or technical expertise required. They will instantly identify the lowest shipping rates from 55-plus top global carriers like UPS, USPS, FedEx, and DHL. Your orders are automatically pulled in and ready to go. Just click, print, and ship. Plus, automated return labels are free. You only pay if your customers use them. Companies that use Shippo save thousands of dollars and free up valuable hours of time and on average grow 70% year over year. Actually, 77% year over year. Join 100,000 companies like Goat, Hims, MeUndies, and others who are saving up to 90% off carrier rates with Shippo. For our listeners, they're offering their best discount available anywhere. Get a shipping consultation and Shippo Pro Plan six-month trial for free. Go to Shippo.com slash hoop. That's up to a $700 value for free at GoShippo.com slash hoop. Go right now and get your shipping consultation and Shippo Pro Plan six-month free trial for free at GoShippo.com slash hoop. You know, do you want to spend less on your time on your lawn and more time scrolling through breaking news in the sports world? Here's some breaking news for you. Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action has acquired the secret to building a thicker, greener lawn. In return, they have taken all the hard work out of the picture to give you more time to do nothing extra. We all know about the common lawn problems, weeds, bugs, heat and drought, and just general wear and tear. But people don't realize that it's easy to get the lawn of their dreams by simply feeding their lawn a few times throughout the year. Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action kills weeds, prevents crabgrass, and feeds to build thick green lawns. With Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action, you can finally get the lawn you've always dreamed of. Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action will give your yard the nourishment it needs to help your weak, thin lawn recover. When you feed with Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action multiple times throughout the year, your grass will be greener, stronger, and more resilient. Pick up a bag today. This is a Scott's Yard. Grab a bag today. This is a Scott's Yard. This is a Scott's Yard. Also, Scott's no-quibble money-back guarantee says if you're not satisfied, you get your money back. And one final thing. You know about the last dance on ESPN. We'll talk about it later in the show. But if that's not enough, the final episode of Detail on ESPN Plus premieres this Sunday. In this episode, Phil Jackson, the great coach himself, analyzes the deciding Game 6 that resulted in Michael Jordan's parting shot that are in Chicago at sixth title and second three-peat in eight years. You can get it all and so much more by signing up now at ESPNplus.com. Hello and welcome to the Who Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA. Interesting episode today. And with it, we have a special guest with Kevin Pelton, 
joining us along with our standard A-team, Jackie McMullen and Tim McMahon. And the reason we have Kevin on is because he was one of the folks who came up with uh, our latest NBA rank, which uh, over the last few days culminating in the top 10, which was released today, we're recording this Wednesday evening, uh, ranked the top 74 players of all time. Why 74? Because it's 74th year of the NBA. Everybody thought we'd wait till year 75. Ha! We got the drop on you. Um, <laughs> Maybe we needed to fill in a little content. Uh, how dare you? Uh, Pelton, could you please, uh, before we get into discussing this, uh, talk about the methodology and who was on this? Is it a, is it a known? Are we, is, this, is this unlike the Hall of Fame where we actually will announce the panel or are we not announcing the panel? I mean, I don't know the panel because I think we were blind copied on the email with the uh, the voting instructions. Wendy, right? were you not on the panel? No, I, I don't ever vote for these things. Oh, you don't vote okay. for these things? Okay. All right, that's right. I forgot. I forgot. Um, I forgot. I, I was invited to vote and I rejected it. So we don't know. This. So so it's our. <laughs> oh, whoa. So so it's our. The Kimbe uh, here. You are target. you are impossible, Brian. Winters. I'm telling you. Thank you. Impossible. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um. So the methodology, uh, we didn't actually rank them 1 through 74. We ranked them based on what criteria? Well, so you, you, it was a head-to-head vote. You choose between two players who had the greatest career, and uh, not a very specific criteria. The question asked, who is the greater player, including both the player's peak value and his career value as an NBA or ABA player? So then you know, I just pulled this up, and I got Dwayne Wade versus Clyde Drexler. So you vote on those two, and then basically you know, it's kind of like uh, when you do college football rankings, who played whom and beat whom, and you kind of play everything out that way and and decide who is the highest ranked among those. Yeah, so it's not like there's 15 people in a room and they go head-to-head about whether uh, some guy should be ranked fourth and some guy should be ranked fifth. It's you, use, you sort of go through this, uh, it's not really a spreadsheet, but it's uh, – uh, a binary choice, and then the computer totals it all up and ranks it in that way, in that way. Is that fair to say? Sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. And the idea here is that by going the what they would call the wisdom of the crowd, they survey a whole lot of people who know stuff about the NBA over the course of decades, and it's that it's the crowdsourcing of taking all of those people together that creates this list. It's not any one person or any three people. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a very data driven way of evaluating opinion. Is that, is, am I, am I fair in saying that? Which will not stop anyone as Han noted on Twitter from personally blaming me for this list. Yeah. Well, as they should uh, for sure. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm going to start off with, uh, do I need to say what the top 10 are? Uh, Andrew Hahn, or am I just assuming that all these folks have read this list? Um, Andrew Hahn's here and he left. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just. Well, say he told that, me if Pelton was on, he wasn't hanging around. Okay. So <laughs> I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna say the top ten, just so you know, and then some of them will be apparent from there. Number ten was uh, it was Shaq. Number nine was Kobe. Number eight, Tim Duncan. Number seven, Larry Bird. Number six, Wilt Chamberlain. Number five, Magic Johnson. Number four, Bill Russell. Number three, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Number two, LeBron James. Number one, Michael Jordan. Um, And there will be obviously arguments about that, but then the other 64 
certainly created some stuff. So um, first thing I want to talk about is the active players. Um, only one active player in that top 10, uh, which is LeBron at number two. Um, but the other active players, we had Steph Curry at 13, uh, Kevin Durant at 14, uh, Kawhi Leonard at 25. Those are the only four active players in the top 25. Um, Jackie, um, you had uh, something that you well, – what, what stuck out to you most more than anything about the active players when you looked at this? Well, LeBron, of course, belongs in the top three. That's, that's a no-brainer. I was interested where Curry and Durant would fall, and I have a feeling we'll be debating the two of them head-to-head from here to eternity, especially now that they're no longer teammates. And, and their game. I'm sorry, I think we got that order reversed, but go on. Curry 13, Durant 14 on my list. Do you have a different yeah, list? Right. I'm saying I think we got it wrong. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, so I think, I mean, their skill sets are so completely different. I mean, Durant, you could argue, had had the ability to be one of the greatest of all time, and now he's had some injuries. But but here's, this is what happened with me, and maybe it's because I'm the old-timer in this group. And I love Steph Curry. He's one of the most exciting players. I enjoy watching him play. But I was looking at this list, Brian and Tim and Kevin, and I'm like, where's Jerry West? So Jerry West is 16. And Jerry West didn't play with a three-point shot. So comparing Jerry West and Steph Curry feels almost impossible. But I'm, but I'm going to try to do it anyway, because I think Jerry West is suffering from recency bias. And I think this is a very good example of why. Now, if you want to talk about rings, Steph has three rings. Jerry West has one. Jerry West has one because there was this team called the Boston Celtics that dominated the time period in which he played. They won 11 out of 13 championships. He played at a time when Russell and Wilt were going back and forth winning MVPs. So I think that's why Jerry West probably falls short here in my direct comparison between Steph and Jerry West. Jerry had a finals MVP. Steph never did. Steph has three wings. Jerry has one. But West was a better defensive player. I don't think anyone can argue that. He had five total all-defense selections. Steph has never won one. Both of them were scoring leaders. Jerry was an assist leader one year. Steph never has been. And and I hate to disparage Steph Curry because I think he's a fantastic player. But I do think that this is an example, and I could make more of them as we go along here, of what have you done for me lately? I've never seen you. Therefore, I'm going to rate you lower. I'm curious what you guys think about that. I completely agree, and I mentioned this in the five-on-five that that KP and a a few of our colleagues did. Um, And I think, look, Giannis is 27 on this list. He's 25 years old and has never played in the finals. Like, I believe Giannis could end up top 10 all time, but his career does not yet justify him being number 27 on a list of all-time players. And I also think recency bias worked against some people. Carmelo Anthony is one of the top 74 players of all time, but his reputation has been tarnished because he hadn't adapted to the league. OKC didn't go well. Houston's a disaster, so on and so forth. Dwight Howard. Look at Dwight Howard's credentials. Yeah, that's crazy. He is a top 74 all-time player just based on what he did in Orlando. But the recency bias, I mean, we remember – you know, he had a little comeback season this year, but we remember what a mess it's been since he's left Orlando. But again, 
four-time defensive player of the year, all the All-NBA, All-Star appearances, all that. Like those are two guys who recency bias actually worked against. Kevin, I'm curious what you think about my Jerry West and Steph Curry comparison. Yeah, I think my only disagreement is just I'm not sure whether it's recency bias so much as I, I think either the panel is kind of projecting what the rest of the careers might look like for some of these active players okay. or it's judging right. them on a different scale. Like we're comparing them based on peak value and everybody else on both peak and career, if that makes sense. Because I do think one thing we see is I, I don't know that we uh, there's there's a couple exceptions. I don't know that we necessarily see a lot of recency bias in guys who recently retired, like Dwayne Wade is. You know, I think probably about where he should yeah. be on this list. Yeah. About I don't. Ca- I'm not talking about that recency bias. I'm talking right. about the ones that play back in the 60s and 70s. Right, right. Or or Chris Paul, who I think is you know much lower than he should be. That may also be a case, as as Tim mentions, of overrating the last couple of years and you know the the end of his Houston tenure. But I, I think that, you know, when people put Steph Curry 13th, it's assuming that, like, you know, if he goes on to have a normal rest of his career, that's where he's going to end up because he's going to add so much more to his resume from even where he is right now, as opposed to, you know, if we assume that Steph Curry walked away from basketball tomorrow to go play baseball like Jordan or I guess go to the golf tour in his case, that then he would be the 13th best player of all time. Right. But I guess now I'm going to push back again because so you're talking about peak value. So I looked it up because I was curious. Jerry West did it, his peak season, 1965, averaged 40 points a game. Now think about that. He averaged 40 points a game without a three-point shot and at a time when people didn't score a lot because they didn't shoot the ball as well. There's lots of reasons why. So this is why I think sometimes – and listen, that's the fun of these lists, right? They get a little skewed. I would argue if Jerry West played in today's NBA – He'd be shooting from half court, too. Now, can I prove that? Of course I can. But I feel compelled to stick up for the logo. I mean, I think on career, he's ahead. I I do think, like, peak value, I'd put Steph ahead. The two MVPs, the first unanimous ever, you know, West never winning that award in the regular season, even though he finished second four times in uh, a seven-year span. To who? To who? To Bill (laughs) Russell? The guys ranked four and five. Come on, man. This is what I'm saying. Well, but the guy ranked number two was was in the league when Steph was winning MVPs, though. I mean, there were, you know, LeBron's a pretty good player, too. Well, I hope Jerry West is listening because I think he's – and listen, I was only five years old in 1965, but I consider myself somewhat of an NBA historian. And I know from talking to all these all-time greats, the reverence with which they hold Jerry West, his big problem was they always lost to the – to the Celtics. And one of the years that they lost to the Celtics, he was the MVP and his team lost. Chew on that for a minute. Yeah. I, and look, I, I don't disagree with you. And you look at, I'm looking at Wes, I mean, his career, he was an all-star every single year he played. And, you know, the last one maybe was a little bit of a gift. He was, he was hurt that year, but still, you know, this dude, won a scoring title and an assist title in his 30s. Yeah. Anyway, it's not that I don't love Steph Curry. I think they both deserve to be on the list. I'm just trying to show you some of the recency bias comparisons that I think you could make. How how did we put Steph above KD, though? Because he has one more ring? One more MVP? I mean, I I just – that one's tough for me. 
Well, I do think Steph revolutionized the game, and that probably got him some points. He did. He, he turned the game on its ear because he started shooting from the next, you know, from the next state, not even the next county. And so he did change the way the game was played. Little kids literally grow up trying to play a certain way because of Steph Curry. So I understand his value in that regard. But how many guys Katie's size have been able to shoot and create his own offense like he has, plus be a really damn good defensive player? Yeah, you don't have to sell me under it. And then he's just had a longer run of success. I mean, he you know, won MVP before Steph wasn't, I think, an all-star. Maybe that was his first all-star season, but right. you know, right around the same time. So he's been doing it for longer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that I don't know if that's recency or projecting that, you know, Steph has more of a career left because Durant's coming off the Achilles or what it is. But yeah, I, I do tend to agree. I agree on that one as well. Yeah, so I mean, amongst other Kate, active, go ahead. I was going to say KD 36 on the all-time scoring list. We're going to have to scroll down a little while to find uh, Steph 106. Well, Steph, um, the, the, I think the question we don't have answered is, is Steph's peak still going or is it over his his right. last few years have been diminished because Durant has been there and we were going to find out this year just what he had left I mean I think he's 32 um, 32 yeah um so you know does he have another MVP season in there does he have another championship in there I mean I think that's a, a factor and I think you know um Durant has at least another a uh, chapter in his career, maybe more, but certainly a chapter in Brooklyn to help with mm-hmm. that as well. All right. Among the other, uh, McMahon mentioned that Giannis ranked 27th. Um, you know, he's going to win his second MVP award before his 26th birthday. I think that's uh, pretty strong. Um, but to get into the area where there might be some interesting. So James Harden is 32nd here, which is behind uh, other MVPs like Allen Iverson, Steve Nash. Um, but ahead of guys who uh, are, you know, big-time studs, guys like Patrick Ewing, um, Jason Kidd. Um, you know, McMahon, you, uh, you've you covered Harden about as extensively as anybody. How do you feel about Harden being number 32 all-time with where he's at? Uh, I don't necessarily have a huge problem with that. I think, you know, he's 32 and rising. Um you know, I'm looking at this list, and obviously the the one glaring thing that he doesn't have on his resume uh, is a ring, and there's not a whole lot of guys above him who don't have rings. You know, I'm looking Carl uh, Malone, Elgin Baylor, Charles Barkley, Stockton, Iverson, Nash are the only guys above him who don't have rings. You know, I think I can make a pretty strong argument that he ought to be above Iverson and, and above Nash. I'd also make an argument that even though his numbers – don't say it that Isaiah Isaiah Thomas should be above those guys. Well, and I hold on. Oh, we're talking about active. We're talking about active players right now. We'll talk about retired players. All right, we'll get into that. Say that. Um, but yeah, um, I, I don't think thirty-two is some some major slight uh, on Harden. Uh, I, I definitely don't think it's it's uh, too high. Um, you know, like I said, maybe maybe get him into the twenties, um, and he's got plenty of time to, to work his way further up the list. Well, he's got to, but to your point, if he's going to work his way further up the list, because it's clear to me one of the things that this that is valued here is winning championships. He's got to win a championship if you think he's going to get vault himself up into the twenties, Tim. Well, and my 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 
debate there would be Stockton's 28, Iverson's 29, and they've combined to get as many championships as Harden. No, no, I, I don't. I'm not arguing with that. But we're, but if you want to put him in the Kevin Garnett, Scotty Pippen, Elgin Baylor range, yeah. Uh, Chris Paul. Then we we got a bunch of Rockets here. So uh, Harden 32. Chris Paul, 40th. Russell Westbrook, 42nd. Oh, Chris Paul's not a rocket, which probably is why James Harden wasn't <laughs> well, on that call yesterday. <laughs> I know, but he, he, he was a rocket. <laughs> wow. Just saying. True. True that. I mean, KP's the one who's really good at math, but I could add that one up. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I think he kind of wanted to make a note he wasn't on the call either, if I, uh, if I read the room correctly there. Um Chris Ball was a rocket, however, um, no longer. Russell Westbrook, not you know, certainly maybe not defined as a rocket, but as a rocket right now. Um, you know, these are you know, Westbrook's an MVP. If you win an MVP, you probably should be in the top seventy-five. Uh, mm-hmm. You also, a, you also averaged a triple there. double. You also averaged a triple double a few times. Yeah. yeah. Um, Anthony Davis, forty-fifth now. Talk about recency bias. I mean, I I will sit here and tell you that I think Anthony Davis has this talent to be a Hall of Fame first ballot player. But he has won one playoff series. I know you, you can't just totally assign it to him, but um, Anthony Davis's resume is a little light at this point to be ranked ahead of guys like Bill Walton, James Worthy. Paul um, Pierce. Paul Agreed. Pierce, yeah. um, Clyde, Clyde Drexler, Clyde Drexler. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm. Uh, hmm. That was the the one active player where I was like, wow, uh, that's pretty generous. Uh, also, I, and he I, also um, could end up a lot higher than that when it's all said and done. But that's assuming that the Lakers get a title or two over these next, you know, whatever the LeBron window is. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I thought that was – that might have been a little L.A. voting there. How many voters do we have from L.A.? Um, uh, Mac-10 was hammering this thing, boy. He was, he was, uh, he was ballot stuff. Stuff in the ballot box. Oh, there you yeah. Go. You talk about voter um, fraud. My goodness. Well, well what, speaking about, of, what about Kawhi, though, Brian? So Kawhi at 25. I mean, couldn't we argue that Kawhi should have been lower? Uh, how many two times finals MVPs that have also won defense player of the year are there in NBA history? That's got to be a pretty short list. I think so. Everywhere the guy you, goes, he wins. Um, and he plays both ends. Kawhi and LeBron are both trying to do something. There's only been three players in history, or two players in history, I think, who've won titles with three different teams. Both of them were role players um, John Sally and Robert Ory. Kawhi and LeBron are both trying to become the third player ever to win a title with a third team, but more importantly, the the first ever to win finals MVP. I mean, because if the Clippers or Lakers are are winning it this year or any year in the short-term future, there's a good chance one of those guys is going to do it. Um, You know, for, for Kawhi to... I mean, can you imagine if the Clippers win the championship this year, assuming that it is played, to... To come to arrive in a, in a city and elevate them to champion in back to back years in two different then, cities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not, I mean, not only that, but teams who hadn't sniffed it. 
right? Teams That's, who hadn't hadn't made the finals, and you elevate them into into the champion. I mean, that would. That would absolutely bomb. I know. It's obviously a lot of things to have to happen, but, I mean, that's there for Kawhi to get. Um, I was a little bit surprised um, before we move on. How Gasol ranks 65 on this list? Uh, he's technically listed here as active, although I do believe he kind of yeah. – has he officially retired? I, I guess he uh, didn't He just said the other retire. day he wants to play with the Lakers. He wants to finish his career with the Lakers, so he is definitely not retired. I did not see that quote. Uh, all right. Well, he – I guess he is active. Um, how do we feel about Paul Gasol at 65? Uh, Lakers bias. Lakers when, bias. Well, Dwight Howard is is Dwight Howard is not on the list, right? And, and, and that's crazy. That's crazy. And and this is Lakers bias because they all hated Dwight Howard. Now they like him <laughs> a little bit more now, but they hated him. They ran him out of town. But so this, you know, this smacks of Lakerism. I, I agree. Dwight ought to be on there. And look, Carmelo Anthony, say what you want. He's the 20th ranked scorer in NBA history. But Cal Gasol is a guy who was the second best player on two championship teams, you know, the f- number 42 all time uh, in scoring. I mean, I feel like he's he's a top 74 all time player. I don't think that's a huge stretch. Number 27 all time in basketball references win shares. There you go. So, he definitely, like, you know, he was a little more of an accumulator in terms of continuing to pick up. He at value at both ends of his career was immediately quite good coming into the league. Young with the Grizzlies is, you know, part of that wave of international players along with Dirk and then, you know, continuing to be an effective starter with San Antonio deep into his thirties. Like he was never, you know, was he ever one of the five best players in the league? Probably not, but no. I, I also think he probably, there's a pretty good argument. He deserved MVP of the finals in 2010. Yeah, yeah, but the earlier finals, the 2008. Yeah, we want to talk about that at all, or that wouldn't get him ranked 65th all time. Just saying. Well, then 2011 ought to have LeBron stumble out of the top 10 if we're going to judge him <laughs> on his worst playoff series. <laughs> well, that's here and lies the issues with this list. It's fun. That's tough. I will say uh, these guys are both retired now, but I will just mention just in passing that uh, two Spurs. uh, I mean, obviously Duncan's in the top ten, but Tony Parker at seventy, Manu Ginobili at fifty-eight. So two Spurs uh, sneaking out. It's going to be interesting. You know, the NBA is going to probably have their top seventy-five official list, and um, uh, some of these guys are going to. You know, if they did the the top fifty in uh, nineteen ninety-seven, and then they'll. They're planning on doing top uh, seven to seventy-five here in a couple of years. Um, I right. would assume that you did skip uh, over one active guy, Vince Carter, at number fifty-five. That's true. He is active. He has sort of announced yeah. his retirement, but he is active. Um, and Dame, Dame's on this list too. Yes, I didn't. I didn't. It's not exhaustive. I didn't say everybody. Um, yeah. Dame snuck in there. Um, By the so, way, earlier I made a Dikembe joke and said he wasn't on there. That was a lie. He's seventy-three. There you go. He should not be on there above Dwight Howard. Neither should Artis Gilmore, 73 and 74th. Just, I'm sorry. I agree I mean, with you. I can, I can go up this list and look at centers, and, and it's going to be a while before I get to one that, that was, has, and you has know had what? a better career than Dwight. And I'm telling you what, again, I'm going to be the OG here. Dolph Shea should be on this list, too. Well, everyone's like, Dolph who? Wait, what did he do? Danny Shea's, he wasn't, no, no, no. Danny Shea's his dad. He was a terrific NBA player, and everybody's forgotten about him. Dolph Shays is dead. I think Danny Shays Danny Shays is dead. Is he? 
No, Dan, Danny Shays' dad, I said. Oh, oh his dad. Sorry. His dad. <laughs> I was like, I hadn't heard that Danny Shays died. I'm so no, sorry. no, no. His oh. dad. Dolph Shays was his dad. Right. Okay. Uh, speaking of um, of guys who uh, – historically great guys, George Mikan was uh, – Mikan was really high. Where, where is he here? Uh, 34th. Um, behind James Harden. Should George Mikan be behind James Harden? I don't know. That's who else says a drill. Who else has a drill named after them? Well, Jack Sigma, he didn't make the top seventy-four. I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, we got him in the Hall of Fame. That's good enough for me. There you go. Uh, okay, so Jack what, who are the who are the guys that we think may be ranked a little bit too highly on this list? If there was some that stuck out as too high, Jackie, I'll start with you. Ah. Uh. Well, see, I, I like to compare rather than say that guy's too high. Like, okay, he's too high, but then who do you compare him to? And that's kind of what I what I got. In, that's the game I was playing a little bit. Like, for instance, David Robinson's at 24. Obviously, David Robinson belongs on this list. But Patrick Ewing was 37. Now, David Robinson should, should be ahead of Patrick Ewing. Not saying that he shouldn't be. But 13 spots, so those are kind of the games I've been playing you know, over this does Iverson. And I know he's legendary and I get, I get it. I get it for all the reasons, but is he really 29th, the 29th best player? Or is that just, he's the 29th most exhilarating, interesting, maddening, fascinating player. Rachel, I I have in the top 10, but I I mean, I would have Isaiah Thomas ahead of Allen Iverson. I would have Isaiah Thomas ahead. Well, are we going to have the Isaiah? We were going to talk about two people raid too low, but we might as well have the Isaiah conversation. Yeah, it's the elephant in the room. It's been the elephant room now for eight weeks, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Isaiah ranked 31st here. Uh, Isaiah was, would you say he was the best player on that, on the team that won two titles? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Best player on team that won two titles. Ranks behind Stockton, Iverson, and Nash. Stockton 28, Iverson 29, Nash 30, Isaiah 31. And, um, and that's, that's just not right. And, and look, and KP, I'm sure you can give us, like, analytically, in terms of the, the numbers, the analytics, I'm sure that Isaiah comes in well behind those guys. And I don't want to go all, you know, rings with a bunch of Zs on it, but being the clear-cut best player on two championship teams matters like that's the point of this whole league is to win championships and when you're the guy who carries now he obviously had great supporting cast but he was the clear-cut man on two title teams there's not there's nobody else uh below him on that list who can say that and several guys above him who weren't well george mikan well, I'm talking about since they stopped wearing Chuck <laughs> Taylors. <laughs> and glasses. I don't know, man. It's just and, – and again, I think we all have this – I think is it, I think I ended up voting for this. Is this the thing where we just – they kept giving us two players and we voted yeah. over and over? All right, so I, I – yeah. I, I, you, you guys send me so many things. I voted on this. <laughs> all right? I, I, I can now tell you I voted on this. And, you know – She you didn't to, listen to you at the start, Pelton. Sorry. I have to just tell you that, like, when you're, you, there's this visceral reaction when you see two names. I hate the way that guy plays, but you have to stop yourself and say, okay, I didn't like that player, but I liked what he, the way he played. You know what I mean? Or the style that he played. 
And this is, and I loved Isaiah Thomas and the way he played because I covered all those teams. So I would not fall into this category. But I'm sure there's some people going, ah, yeah, that guy was, you know, rah, rah, rah. and it hurt him. I'm guessing. So, I'm guessing. So, Pelton, do you think that the recency bias of the last dance affected this vote, even though I, Isaiah has been retired for 20 years? I mean, I I think it tends to work positively for him because it keeps him in the conversation, quite frankly. I mean, you know, I, maybe relative to, you know, someone like Stockton, that's interesting. But Stockton's the all-time leader in assists and steals. Like, his resume is pretty pretty unimpeachable in terms of longevity and success with, aside from the championship. Let me ask you that. This has always been very difficult for me. Uh, how, how, how valuable is longevity? If, if you're counting the number of that somebody had, you know, if you just hang around a really long time, does that make you a better player? Like, does that worth something? I mean, in the case of Abdul-Jabbar, he was he had longevity and greatness. If he had played five fewer seasons and was second on the all-time scoring list or fourth, it wouldn't change his greatness. Um, and I'm not talking directly about Stockton here, but how do you compute that? I've always struggled with that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the interesting things. So I put together when we did this similar list in 2016, uh, a historical model to evaluate players. And one of the important things there was, you know, to not just do career value because of the fact that it's not all the same. You know, if you have 10 seasons where you're worth four wins uh, each of those seasons to your team, it ultimately doesn't matter as much in the long run is, you know, maybe this is the, the Walton career where you have four seasons where you're worth 10 wins to your team because that's what actually makes the difference in terms of winning a championship. But I think Stockton was still playing at a level, you know, even into his forties where he was a difference making player. I mean, you know, he was, he was still playing 82 games a night, uh, 82 nights, 30, 28 minutes a game at age 40. And, you know, was quite an effective player. For example, Iverson, a guy who's ranked right next to him, Iverson's career was not as long as maybe it could have been. Um, not, even, he, not even close. Not even right. close. But do you do you penalize him for not having? I, I mean, I, I you think know, longevity is a tiebreaker for sure. You know, quality longevity, and and Stockton was a quality player till the end of his career. I think longevity is a tiebreaker. I think uh, durability is a tiebreaker. Stockton only missed games in two seasons, as long as he played. He only missed games in two seasons. Every other year of his career, he played every single game. That in itself is uh, is pretty remarkable. Yeah, and we didn't have the uh, mile tracker. We didn't have the um, uh, technology to track how many miles a guy ran, but I'll bet Stockton's miles were up there. Uh, that guy was all over the place. I'll bet he was right at the top most of his uh, most seasons in, in miles run total. Um I do want to go back to Isaiah for a second because one of the things that, you know, was really interesting to me looking, researching, uh, when this dream team debate came up again, uh, and I'd be curious Jackie's perspective because none of us were covering the, covering the league at this point. Isaiah never made all NBA after 87. Didn't make all NBA either years they won the championship, the year they went into the finals and lost to the Lakers and easily could have won that series. Uh, was the sense just that he was kind of saving it for the playoffs or what was, what was kind of the, the thinking about Isaiah at that point? Because interestingly enough, we, we've, you know, everyone has said that Isaiah was clearly the best player on those teams, but Joe Dumars did make all NBA in, uh, the last championship season they had in 1990 and Stockton and, uh, Isaiah rather didn't. 
Right. So just remind me, all NBA at that time, was it voted on the way it is now? You know, I I, I think it's always been media. I'm not sure about right. it. Right. So there's, there's the crux of the issue. I mean, seriously, the bad boys, people didn't like them, and that includes the media. And, and I do think it made a difference. And they made no bones. They made it difficult for the media, the bad boys. They very happily did that. Now, again, I was around them every single day, so I, 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 I waited it out and got to know them pretty well. But they were difficult to be around. They made it difficult on people. And beer could be a real bully in that locker room. Um, and, and Still know. can. I cover him in the WNBA. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I love Bill. I got, I mean, cause like any bullies, all you do is bully him back and then you're good, right? And so I don't know about that. I will tell you this about Isaiah. The one thing that maybe hurts him in this discussion is he had that broken wrist. I think it was 90, 91. Yeah, it was the season they lost to Chicago. Right. And I don't think he was ever the same, Kevin, after that. So I think the, the latter part of his career, he was, you know, he was it. I don't think that, you know, back then having wrist surgery isn't like now, you know, and I do think it affected him. So perhaps when we're talking again about longevity, if we're talking Stockton versus Thomas, by the way, we all agree that John Stockton des- and deserves to be on this list. And we're really only talking about a difference of two or three spots. But I do think the thing that Isaiah, that gives Isaiah just a ton of street cred is he was. You know, you can argue Joe Dumars was the better player that year, and Joe Dumars was a very fine player. But there's no question who ran that team and who mm-hmm. made it go and who made the big shots and who took the big shots, and that was Isaiah. And Isaiah, as he will be happy to tell you, took down the, the Celtics and Bird and McHale mm-hmm. and Parrish. He took down Jordan and, the, and Pippen and the Bulls. He took down Magic and the Lakers. There aren't a lot of guys that can say that. Boy, and look. Stockton, by the way, cannot. And listen to Michael Jordan in The Last Dance. I mean, he called Isaiah a, a word that we're not allowed to use on this podcast, despite the fact that it ran on ESPN. But he also said, I hate the guy's guts, but he's the second best point guard of all time. I mean, if a guy who absolutely detests him says that, and Michael Jordan, I believe, despite his track record as a uh, as an as an NBA executive, I, I still think he's a pretty good judge of talent. You know, if he's saying that, I think people ought to listen. Since you just mentioned The Last Dance, I want to say that our coverage of The Last Dance is brought to you by State Farm. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Coverage is also brought to you by AT&T. Um, Ooh, you're getting you good s- at this, Brian. You're yeah. getting good at he this. He is smooth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, have to, we, we are contractually obligated to mention The Last Dance as much as possible. Um, there's been some discussion I've already seen on the Twitters that um, – Tracy McGrady was ranked too high. He was ranked 52nd. Now, look, I'm going to tell you high. right now. Tracy, Wait, and I are, Tra- Tracy and I are close, so I'm not going to say anything bad about the man right now. Well, they don't but, invite um, me on the jump, so I'll be honest. Dude, he's way too high. I put the, He was the guy who put us the most overrated in our five-on-five. Five. Like, look, all due respect, he was a scorer first and foremost. He's 74th on the all-time scoring list and 52nd on this list, and he never won a playoff series until he was waving a towel in San Antonio. I mean, come on. So your, other pal, sense. so your other pal from the jump and my pal from overall, Paul Pierce, How do you do you think he should be banked, ranked below Tracy McGree, Brian? I got a lot of acquaintances here because Vince Carter's 55th. And I have a good relationship with Vince. So I'm going to say that when Tracy was named first ballot Hall of Famer, 
even Tracy was surprised. I mean, he was yeah. he was gratified. He was happy. Uh, but even I think Tracy was surprised that he made first ball Hall of Famer. There is a lot of people that respect his game. Um, and as this ranking shows, um, but he does rank ahead of Gary Payton. I mean, and, Clyde Drexler, Ray I, Allen. And Clyde Drexler, yeah. I think you know how I feel about that one. Uh, I, I mean, it's interesting because you go back a decade, there was like a serious debate. Will Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter make the Hall of Fame? And now, you know, you mentioned Tracy already, and Vince at this point, I think, you know, his well, longevity Vince, is secured it. Vince but now is a guy both- where longevity, I think the longevity has, he was known as a, as a great dunker, and now he's been known, he's known for his longevity. I mean, the longevity has sort of erased the ugly end to his tenure in Toronto, which for a right. long time seemed like it was yeah. going to maybe, you know, prevent him from getting there. But now, you know, I think it's it's a little tough to put him this high. A guy who made All NBA twice, never made All NBA first team, uh, is is one of the sixty greatest players, you know, ahead of Ray Allen and yeah, Clyde Drexler. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, and Ginobili, and it just so for, for T Mac, his career was was uh, wrecked by injury. And, you know, he would say, I'll, I'll, I'll speak for him here. He would say that some of the years in Houston, he thought that they would have had uh, a chance to make a playoff run. And even the years that he played, he played hurt some of those playoffs. But um, I just, I, I find it hard to believe. And look, the way the no. rankings go, this is, it's pretty tight. But putting a guy with a finals MVP in Paul Pierce and a guy like Gary Payton who, uh, was an all-time great defender. In addition to a guy that got, you know, got to the finals, helped get a team to the finals behind him. That's hard. Oh, uh, Willis right. Reed. Willis Reed. Just saying. Yeah, Willis Reed, sixtieth. Uh, all right. So uh, the people who are ranked too low. We talked about Isaiah. And I'm going to bring one up here. Um, there are going to be people, and the, not are going to be. There are people who are offended that Kobe is ranked ninth. This almost is a, (laughs) you could almost separate people into two separate camps here as basketball fans, people who think that Kobe ranked ninth is appropriate. And people who think Kobe ranked ninth is a crime. There are people who believe that Kobe is a top five, some of them believe a top three player. I am not one of them, though I respect his accomplishments for sure. Um, uh, McMahon, uh, how are you, you know, which camp are you in on that one? You know, I don't have, I wouldn't have a problem if he was higher, but like, okay, Duncan eight, Bird seven, Wilt six, Magic five, Russell four, Kareem three, LeBron two, Jordan one, I mean, boy, I don't see a case for bumping any of those guys down either, you know? Well, the Duncan, I, I, a, a Duncan Kobe, uh, you could have, that's, that you could have a robust conversation on that one. Okay. I mean, and, and, and I hear that. You but, could have a robust conversation about Shaq versus Kobe if you really want to. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Yes, I think they should be flipped. And they were in 2016. Yes, and they were. Yes. It's, it's very interesting because obviously nothing, you know, other than the last game Kobe did that season really added to his resume. But the passage of time has, has moved him ahead. Yeah. And, and Duncan was the best player on five championship teams. Kobe was the best player on two. Now, he won five, but, you know, he was the best player on two. 
and uh, we can talk about, look, Duncan had other teammates on this list, and, you know, Robinson's a 24, but he had the tail end of Robinson's career. He didn't have prime Robinson. He never, he never played with another superstar in his prime. Well, he's got he two with, top 74 guys on here. I'll just point that out. I know. But then again, Kobe, Kawhi. Yeah, Kawhi. He played with Kawhi. That's... You know, he, that's fair, yeah. but that was a tail end of Duncan's career. Yeah. When 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 Kawhi won finals MVP, Kawhi was a role player who a really good role player who had a phenomenal series. Duncan was still the man on that team. was he though? So if Duncan was the man, like so I'm very confused about Duncan, because obviously he belongs on this list and I have no problem with him being eighth. But I'll this is gonna be blasphemous probably, but here it goes. Wow. Well, I'm gonna argue that maybe the Spurs didn't get his get the best out of Tim Duncan. Ooh, Is that crazy ooh, to say? Ooh, ooh, well, and, no, because I, I, hey, I got San no, Antonio no, because, people in my mentions mad that I said he was perceived as boring. So wait till they hear this. Go on, Jack. No, Yo, I, I, I don't. No, no. I I think he's a fantastic player, and they won. I get that they won, but. They used him conservatively, I guess is the best way I could put it. I always thought he could have dominated, and that's just not the style they played, and it's who am I to argue they were a, they were a dynasty. I'm not going to argue with that. But I'm just thinking if it, on a different team, you might have even saw, you might have even, I don't know, I'm not, I don't know how I'm, artic- I'm not articulating it as well as I would like to. But I just wonder if there was more of Tim Duncan. I don't know. So is that a bad, is that a horrible thing to say? So I don't a team know. that was kind of more ruthless about exploiting his skills? Yeah, like yes, I think. Well, you know, he he hurt his knee, and they kind of felt like they had to handle him with kid gloves the last seven, six, seven years of his career. No, I know that, but I'm not talking about then. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just think about the, one of the cool things about the Spurs is how they reinvented themselves and played in different ways. They played low post with Robinson, you know, a double low post, and then they started playing the European style when they brought in Ginobili and. And um, Tony Parker and and I don't know that that always played to Tim's strengths. And I'm not arguing with it. The, the results are there. I'm just saying that I think Tim Duncan was a very selfless player that probably could have had even bigger numbers. I believe that. I don't think that's so awful to say. Well, yeah, there, was, there was a run there. What was it between about ninety? What was what, what year did the Lakers win their first title? Ninety nine, two thousand. 2000, okay. 2001, 2002. So, so 99, when Duncan won his first title through... That was a lockout shortened year, right? Even still, it counts. No, no, I'm not arguing. Um, I, don't think, I don't believe in asterisks. I won't believe in one this well, year. Especially either, when they the stack four titles on top of it. Right, but I just want... So, even this year, I won't believe in asterisks. Why does everybody want I agree. This, I agree. So, so 99 through 2007... <clears throat> um, either either Shaq or Duncan were in the finals. I mean, it was, I mean, if there's anything they didn't, you know, it was. It, although Shaq went the one year he went with the uh, he was in the East, but right. you know, part of it was he had to deal with Shaq. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I'm a big fan of Tim Duncan's. I don't want to mis be have this be misconstrued. I just sort of always wondered what would have been like if they had you know featured him like the way, and he's a different player than Shaq. And I guess it always don't you always wonder like. I still can see him on the sidelines at the end of that game. Can't you? He's out of the game for the most important play of the game. Mm. I still can't believe well, it to this day. I still can't believe that's it. True. That's I still true. He also – And I get why they did it. They had the numbers were behind him. I understand the logic behind it. But I just – as a visual, it still just 
makes me break out in a sweat. And then, and then in Game Seven, he misses the one footer. Brian, yeah. can I throw some some kerosene on the question that you posed about people being split on Kobe? Uh, Pelton said that. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to come back to it, so keep going. Well, Pel- Pelton said that he thought that Shaq should be above Kobe. I would go one step further and say Hakeem should also be above Kobe. So. Hey, you could argue. You Hakeem, could argue. You man. could argue. You could argue that Oscar Robertson should be ahead of Kobe. You could make that argument very strongly. When when did it become an insult to say that you're one of the 15 best players of all time, but somehow that's that's where we're at with this. Andrew, yeah. you're lucky it's quarantine in L.A. because you're going to go walk those you. streets after saying that. Um, well, and, and the other thing is we are talking about not only one of the all-time great winners in NBA history, but uh, the fourth leading scorer and a guy who was a dominant defensive player as well for most of his career. I mean, when you talk about – when you talk about the all-time elite scores, top ten scores, the best defenders on that list are Kobe and Jordan. I'm going to say Kobe over LeBron because Kobe didn't take seasons off defensively. Yeah, I think he did. There was some stretch, a lot of stretches where they used him as kind of the rover defensively, like when you know, when he, they would put him on Rondo in those finals and just let him muck things up from the weak side. It wasn't necessarily him taking the best score every night. Okay, fine, but... When, but even Jordan didn't do that. Even Jordan didn't do that. Jordan didn't do that either. Pippen did. Pippen guarded the best guy every night, so even Jordan didn't do that. Yeah, and, and Kobe playing rover, he's at least playing rover. LeBron, when he was taking it off defensively, he would stand with his hand on his hip and, and hey, man, this is a good game going on. I will there. say this. Everybody who ranked above Kobe uh, has multiple MVPs. Yep. That's fair. Um, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, look, when you get to ninth, <laughs> it's kind of hard to knock the dudes in front of you out, to be honest right. with you. you well, know, listen, not- and, 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 you know, like this whole idea of counting championships, it can't be the only criteria because if it was, then Bill Russell would be number one. And I love Bill Russell to death. And it's blasphemous to say in Boston that he isn't the greatest of all time, but he well, isn't, will, he isn't because this. the game is different. The game is will, different. I will say this. Uh, in 2016, which was the 70th anniversary, Pelton mentioned earlier we did a similar list, and Bill Russell ranked seventh. Yeah, which on was insane. List, that was insane. Uh, on this list, he ranks fourth. I wonder if it's his Twitter account, Pelton, uh, <laughs> that has helped uh, increase. But uh, 11 out of he, 13. He is the greatest winner in all of sports, any sports. That doesn't mean he's the best player. It just means he's the greatest winner, the most prolific winner. I mean, he just is. It can't I mean, be I hard. feel like – I think him and Wilt are the two single most difficult players to rank on this list because, you know, number one, the most of us did not see them play. The statistical record from their era is incomplete. How much do you adjust for, you know, improvements in the league over the past 50 years? I mean, uh, conversely, I mean, they were playing in a team league of, you know, eight teams pre-expansion where, you know, it was very difficult at that point to make a roster. So, I mean, it... They, to me, putting them against players of other years, that's the toughest challenge Agreed. of any of them, other than if you go all the way back to Mike. And- no, I agree. I agree because the other thing is, again, shooting was not at a premium. You, you dumped the ball inside. That's how you played the game. Physicality mattered. Defense mattered. There were all these other things. It's just they, we there was no MV. You know, we, you talked earlier about Steph Curry winning the two MVPs and, you know, being the first unanimous MVP. 
Are you kidding? Back in the 60s, no guard was ever going to be an MVP. It was just not going to happen. That's just not how the game was played. So you have to take into account all of those things. So one more thing, an interesting little thing before we go, unless any of you guys want to bring something up. We remember recently that Paul Pierce um, had some things to say about his career compared to Dwayne Wade. Right, yep. Uh he gets we, blown out of the water in this poll. <laughs> Paul Paul ranks fifty fourth, Wade Wade twenty sixth. Um, now I'm going to say something here. I covered the bulk of these guys' careers. Like this is like Jackie talking about the Pistons. I was there for these games. I you know. So was I, I, Brian. I didn't die. No, I know, but I, <laughs> I feel better. I feel better. Uh, I feel like I'm on firm ground. Um, talking no, about no this. to Danny Shays for the record. <laughs> I, I, uh, I know them both. I have I have good relationships with both of them. I talked to them. Stop at couching it. And make your point. All right. Thank you. Just say it. Uh, Dwayne Wade is um, one of the greatest defensive guards in my mind ever, and he's the greatest shot blocking guy mm-hmm. under six six ever. And uh, even though Paul Pierce was a tremendous team defender, um, I think, you know, both have one finals MVP. I love Paul, but uh, I think this list is, I think this is an accurate portrayal. Um, You know, Wade was a vital piece on a couple of Olympic teams as well, whatever that's worth, um, who also subjugated his career uh, various times. So the teammates could, uh, could step forward. So, um, he was, a, he was a better passer, playmaker, uh, or, or, yeah, passer, scorer, defender, and one more. Like, it's, this isn't hard. Well, but, but, but well, I'm not saying that, that Paul Pierce should be ahead of Dwayne Wade, but should he be 26, 36, 46? Should he be 30-something spots ahead of Paul Pierce? That's my question. We don't, have, Paul, we, don't have, we don't have enough Boston people voting. We have a bunch of Laker people voting. Not yeah. enough Boston voters. No, I'm just I'm just making the point that I, I agree about Dwayne Wade, but does Paul Pierce really belong at 54? That just seemed really late in yeah. the game for Paul Pierce, in my opinion. And again, I saw him at his best, at his worst. I saw what, how he reinvented himself. He was a clutch shooter, made some of the biggest plays, clutch plays that you could ask for. Well, what do you was think it, about Kevin McHale being at 36? 36. Uh, Kevin McHale is the, one of the sneaky best players of all time. Who it's not sneaky if you're a 36. That's pretty yeah. good. No, but he could be better, and I'll tell you why. You, you were just talking about how Wade subjugated his, his game for his teammates. That's what Kevin McHale did his entire career. Kevin McHale very gladly played as, in a sixth-man role when he would have been a perennial all-star on anyone else's team. He was the most devastating low-post scorer I have ever seen in my life. Still, to this day. Now, did he have the numbers? No, because he didn't care to have the numbers. He doesn't care about attention. He didn't. He never was a self-promoter. He was a scary, scary, scary player who played on a broken foot in the 1987 NBA Finals, knowing that he would never be the same. I have great respect for him, and I would, I would fist fight anybody that Whoa. argues he should be he should be worse than 36. <laughs> will, will you fist fight me if he said if I said that uh, he can get in line behind Akeem as the best slow post scorers ever? Yeah, but he I'm telling you, Kevin McHale had more moves and, and go look at it. Go look at the old footage. I'm telling you. Hey, trust me. As you know, growing up I love Akeem. I, I tried, Akeem's I, awesome. I, I tried all those moves like Yeah. I respect it, but 
Akeem's the best low post score ever, and, and then we can discuss McHale. I think McHale is, but I know I'm on an island there. It's fine. I mean, McHale might not have had the points per game numbers, but he certainly had the efficiency numbers before that was anything yeah. anyone cared about. I mean, yeah. he led the league in shooting two years in a row at over 60%. And do you know what, Kevin? He, near the end of his career, and I can remember being in the in the garden when he did it, the three-point line, you know, had been around a bit. But again, teams were averaging, I don't know, less than t- 10 three-point shots a game or something. And I can still see him coming down the floor, dribbling the ball, which drove every coach he ever had crazy, right? Because he didn't. He shouldn't have been handling the ball. And he pulled up. He looked at the line. He let it fly. And I was like, what is <laughs> And it went in. And I'm telling you, in today's NBA, Kevin McHale would be shooting the way Dirk Nowinski could. I'm telling you, he had the range to do it. It's just nobody did it back then. Big guys in, that's out. interesting. I also wonder, in today's NBA, would McHale be uh, used nearly as much uh, on the post? Not at Obviously. all. Not at all. You're correct. He'd be out yeah. on the perimeter and he'd be torching people. Well, it'd be Carl Towns. You'd be a center, and then yep. if you switched the pick and roll against him, then he'd take that guy into the low post and, yeah. and beat exactly up on him right. there. Very good. Speaking, That's why we have you of, up, Kevin. Excellent point. Speaking of Celtics and Dirk, uh, Dirk ranked 19th, Kevin Garnett ranked 20th. You know, we, we can have that debate. I'll say this. Uh, the one time they met in the playoffs, Dirk mopped the floor, and, and, and or I should say swept the floor with him. Average thirty three and seventeen, and, and swept them. What, I mean, look, at the, look at the supporting cast. Come on, I mean, both, both won one MVP. Uh, Dirk won a Finals MVP. KG did not, but uh, I don't could know. Could have though. Could have. Could have. Hey Brian. I yeah. Uh, I have one final question for all of you guys, if that's okay. Can I make one more real quick point in Dirk's favor mm-hmm. as the resident Dallas guy? Is that it? Was that the point that you're the resident Dallas guy? No. (laughs) Uh, A a decade-plus stretch of 50-plus win seasons, Bill Russell Celtics, Magic Johnson's Lakers, Tim Duncan Spurs, Dirk Nowitzki's Mavericks. So we're talking three top tens and and Dirk. I think they're both right about where they should be, Dirk and KG. They they, They both rank ahead of Charles Barkley. As it should. should. No, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, Andrew, that, what is your question? What is your here's, here's, issue? Here's my last question. Uh, what young guy in the league has the chance to crack the top 20 of this list? Top 20. Oh, I'm going to let you guys go first. Well, well, so Giannis. We're not saying Giannis. Yeah, because we're, I mean, not, we're not saying I mean, Giannis, Giannis or Kawhi. Obviously. Giannis and like, Kawhi. Both of them. Giannis well, and Kawhi. Kawhi's not young. Well, but he has a chance to crack. Yeah, the top. which guy's younger than Giannis? Let's go with that. Who's not currently well, on the list? I mean, the Luka Doncic. Well, is the answer, Luka, right? Luka that's is, where I was going, but I didn't want to. And, I mean, who knows? Mr. Dallas. Do we even know? Do we even know what Zion Williamson is yet? We don't. I'm very excited about him, but yeah. uh, the injury thing is so scary. Yeah, I'm, but I'm very excited about him. But I'm, I think he's a bigger left-handed version of Charles Barkley, who's 23. So that would give him a pretty good chance to get up in that top 20. Yeah, I mean he's he's a he's got a very exciting opportunity. Um, you know, Luca Luca's going to have to do it by winning, yeah. because the way Luca plays, I don't see him like leading the league in scoring, leading the league in assists. He's, he's he's top 
he's damn near doing both of those this year at 20, just turned 21 years old. I I don't, yeah. Out. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think he puts up huge, like, I think he puts up huge numbers, uh, across the board, like, uh, like that. But I, I just don't know if he's gonna, he's gonna have to, you know, kind of like magic magic's numbers didn't blow anybody away, but he was such an incredible leader that that's what you remember. But what I'm telling you is Luke is averaging 29 and, 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 uh, and, and, uh, basically 29, nine and nine as a dude who just now was able to actually buy his own beer (laughs) as a guy who didn't have to go in the back door of the club. Well, what, what about Jason Tatum? Can he do it? Top twenty. Hmm. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out. That's the game yeah. we're playing. That's yeah. the game we're playing. I had that thought too. I mean, that's that's a really high bar, but he's he's got a it chance. He's got the I ability. Mean, you know, we can talk Trey Young, but I just think he's such a bad defender. I don't know. If, I I just don't know if you're ever going to be able to really win big with him. Um, well, and like, who knows about you know? I don't know. I could be random here. You know, Devin Booker. You put Devin Booker on a different team. Who knows? Embiid, you know? well, Simmons, he, neither of them. Embiid, Simmons, I, I love Simmons, as you know. Everybody knows that. You know, if he if he adds that one last piece, he's pretty dominant now on both ends. I think Simmons has a chance to have a real long career. And uh, Embiid, I think Embiid's going to have to win because it's, it's just going to be hard as a center. It's going to be hard as a center to have the kind of impact that so many of the other guys well, do. And durability is going to be an issue with Embiid. You know, durability very well could be an issue with Luka, too. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm enticed by John ja Morant, uh, his rookie year. It's very enticing. I don't know if I can – I'm not talking about top 20, but, you know, make the list. I think he's – you know, his, intang- his intangibles are, are great. His leadership is, is – Potentially great, and I do think they've got a really good chance to build a, a long-term winner there with him and Jackson. Some of the yeah, pieces great. in place. Yeah, you just don't know who's gonna. You know, you know who's very, very good, but you don't know who takes takes that next leap. I mean, some guys like LeBron, we knew from the very beginning. You know, Zion, we had that on our radar right from the start. Some of those guys, but they're 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 ex- the exception, not the rule. I so, mean, Damian, who, who four years ago would have said the Giannis? Could be in exactly the right. Very, exactly right. So Dame Lillard is seventy second. Um, you know he. I have immense respect for his game. I, I think anything's possible there. Um, he. I, I wonder if he will move up, or he'll move down, depending on how sort of the back half of his prime goes. Um, because you know he's, you know he's he's carried his team at times, and then at other times hasn't. So one thing that uh, does age well is shooting range. I know that man, he's got shooting range. <laughs> that's for sure. That's yeah. Great. I'd be surprised if he moved down, but I, I do think the fact that he's where he is given that his career hasn't been very long yet, you know, it's going to make it harder for him to get that much higher. Well, I mean, unless he wins a championship, right? So where is he doing um, that exactly? Well, that's not, that's a good question, but he's signed forever in a day. And, uh, that could be interesting. Hey, where did Oscar Robertson win his championship? Not where he spent most of his career, you know? Milwaukee. Um, all right. 
Well, this has been engaging. Please check out these. Um, there was two different uh, releases of it. One through ten came out today, and then uh, eleven through seventy-four. Am I correct? No, uh, I think Felton? there's three, three. releases. Yeah. Oh, there's three. Okay, three releases. Well, anyway, over the last few days, um, a lot of people put a lot of work into this. Um, uh, you can read about every single player here, and a lot of people did a lot of work in that. So it's uh, it's good reading and uh, and at, um, at Pelton. Where, where is, it? is it just straight up Kevin Pelton? Is that the Twitter handle here? Oh, yeah, go, go, go ahead and tweet that. Go ahead and yeah, tweet all, at Kevin Pelton. All, all complaints go directly to, uh, what is this, like Super Nerd? What, well, i got to look up the damn. What is it? <laughs> at K Pelton. At K Pelton for all complaints. No, yeah, he did Kevin the list. Pelton. I no, wouldn't say that at Wendy, but he doesn't check, check his mentions, so that would be worthless. No, I don't check. I don't check him. Um, all right. Well, thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective Podcast. Thank you to uh, all you guys for contributing. Have a great rest of the week, and we will talk to you soon.